0: Hi there and thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Casual Man Catter. The point in the universe where cricket and obsession intersect. Today's episode as I have already preluded to uh, or alluded to, not preluded to because this is a prelude to the alluding to this program. Um we're going to talk about the Big Bash coming up BBL 14 and preview the eight sides that are involved what may happen for the season, and who might be some players to look out for going forward. That's pretty much it, <laughs> which I was hoping I would have some banter with, but unfortunately I can only banter with myself, which isn't unusual for me in this day and age. Alrighty, without further ado, let's get stuck into today's edition of the casual Mancatter. <laughs> Righto, so as I sit here recording this, we are two days away from the start of Big Bash League number 14. And honestly, I still remember when the first BBL started and a very, very young kid called Steve Smith ended up leading the team to win the competition, which was just ridiculous at the time. And I can't believe that's 13 years ago. And I even remember the... T20 competition that happened between the states before that, that Victoria seemed to win every single year, and that were held in such esteem that former Rugby League international Andrew Johns actually played two games for New South Wales. Well, we've moved beyond that a little bit, but again, um, a few years ago when this was at its height, we had overseas players just jumping at the opportunity to come to Australia for a couple of months, play some t 20 bash and enjoy their cricket and enjoy an Australian summer. It's not quite the same anymore. Uh, We've had the draft for the last two years, which has been pretty much next to useless because it seems that all the top draft picks always end up either pulling out because they're injured or they're tired or they've got uh, other commitments with their national side somewhere else. Or they're going for more money in the new South African League or in the Abu Dhabi League or the Pakistan Super League or whatever it is. So the international element of the Big Bash is far less exciting than it used to be. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I know that Cricket Australia think that it's imperative, and so do Channel 7 for that matter, think it's imperative that we have the best overseas players playing in this tournament in order to attract people to watch the games and tune in. Well, what would actually achieve that is if we had terrific games of cricket for people to watch. And that means teams being even or equal and always being competitive, and not having scores of over 200 for both innings, which is what people think is terrific, competitive totals of 160 or so for both sides would be more than enough if we could see some good cricket. Is that going to happen this year? Um, Well, the best thing about it this year is that the tournament is actually a lot shorter than it was last year. They've cut it right back from playing 14 home and away games to just 10, uh, which means that the tournament is going to stretch no longer than just under two months, Uh, which is a good thing because everyone seems to lose focus on the competition within a month and lose interest in it as well. Once you get to January, it just seems that we just think, well, can we just call it off now and maybe have the finals and move on with it? Because it starts too early, and even this year we're starting too early. It's the 7th of December. I don't think that's necessary Um, the week before Christmas would be a perfect start just as kids are going on holidays and let the kids go to the cricket and then do that to the end of January and a six-week tournament would be perfect. But Cricket Australia aren't going to listen to me because who the hell would? So 10 home and away games for everybody uh, and what we'll do now is we'll start looking at the teams and have a bit of a, a consideration as to how they might go this year and where we might finish up. Real pace, right through the England captain. What a start for the Aussies. Okay, well, let's have a look to start with at the Adelaide Strikers, uh, just because they start with A. Uh, Again, even a couple of days out, no one's really sure of the final squads (laughs) for these teams. So some of this may be wrong, uh, and that's just the way it is. So... They have uh, Wes Agar, James Basley, Cameron Boyce, Alex Carey, Brendan Doggett, Travis Head, Henry Hunt, Thomas Kelly, Chris Lynn, Ben Menenti, Darcy Short, Matt Short, Henry Thornton, uh, Jamie Overton, Adam Hose, Jake Weatherald, Harry Nilsson, David Payne. A lot of names there you probably don't know, and I think that's uh, pretty fair to say that. So the Strikers... The big problem for them is they have no Rashid Khan this year. He's pulled out with injury. It'll be interesting to see if he plays in the tournaments after Christmas that he's also signed up to. And they're also likely to have no Alex Carey and no Travis Head for most of the tournament, given that they will be be on test duty. Now, they have brought in James Basley from the Heat, who had a really breakout season last year uh, as an all-rounder. So he's gone to the Strikers. And they've also pulled in Darcy Short, who has finally uh, left the Hurricanes after lighting up the Hurricanes early in his career, and the last couple of years have been, uh, well, let's just say they've been less than great. Uh, They have the English trio in their squad, but will they do enough to justify their spot? So I'm talking about Adam Hose, who's a right-hand bat, uh, and David Payne, who is the overseas replacement for Rashid Khan, Apparently he's a left arm fast bowler and played one ODI for England against the Netherlands a few years ago. And Jamie Overton, who is the uh, lesser known of the Overton uh, brothers. Uh, who else have we got? I think you'll find that like Henry Thornton had a, a breakout year last year. He's going to be a key again this year and he is quick and he's great to watch. Uh, so he might go for some runs, but he's great to watch and he's a wicket taker Uh Matt Short, of course, will be their key once again. He was pretty much the player of the tournament last year, uh, opening the bat and also bowling a couple of overs of his spin. Ben Menenti and Chris Lynn are going to have heavy loads, I think. I don't know how long Chris Lynn's staying in this tournament as to whether he's staying for the whole tournament this year or not. Um, Look, I've written them off before, and they have proved me wrong before. (laughs) And at full strength, they will be a threat but you have to consider the fact that honestly no rashid no Kerry, no ahead they're going to i think they're going to struggle to make the top 4 this year uh and that's where i will continue to stand so that's my call on the the strikers uh, and no doubt they'll now finish in the top 2 the brisbane heat well they made the final last year and no one knows how uh, <laughs> and they have they're same sort of players in this team again. Uh, Kawaja, Xavier Bartlett, Josh Brown, who was uh, the club player who came out and scored runs at the top of the order last year. Max Bryant, Spencer Johnson, the other breakout youngster with the big fast left armour. Matthew Kuhneman, Manus Labashane, Michael Neeser, Jimmy Pearson, Will Prestwich, Matthew Renshaw, Mitchell Swepson, Colin Munro, Sam Billings and Paul Walter, as well as Jack Wildermuth. So, as I said, they made the final last year, I don't know how, and they made the finals the year before, um, even though they seem to have disappointed in recent years, but they snuck up on us both those years, I think, with the, the way they performed, and they've kept their fans interested just long enough all the way through with what I would have thought would have been no chance of winning. They've gone again for big hitting at the top of the order with Josh Brown, uh, Colin Munro, Sam Billings, Max Bryant, they're the they go-to players who they're going to be hoping to score a lot of runs at the top uh, and doing it quickly. Matt Renshaw and Jimmy Pearson are going to be the guys who are going to have to hold the innings together, I believe, all the way through. Spencer Johnson. Um, is he going to fire this year like he has? He? Of course, he's, he's made his debut for Australia now, and he's got big raps on him, especially from Mitchell Stark, who thinks he's going to be the next big thing at white ball level, if not test level. Um Again, you look at the team and they're not going to have Kawaja or Labashane pretty much for the whole tournament because of test duties. So on paper, without them, I think the same as last year. I think they missed the finals. (laughs) But they proved me completely wrong last year by making the actual final against the Perth Scorchers. So do you write them off at your peril? Perhaps, but I I just look at that team and I just think that If every other team matches up man for man in each game, then the Heat are going nowhere. Mitchell Johnson now. Oh how about it? How about it? All right, let's check out the Hobart Hurricanes and we have in this team this year they've made a few changes. Uh, with Ponting at the helm, once again, I think, being the man who's pulling the strings as to who, which players to sign and which ones not to. Uh, Ian Carlyle, Tim David, Paddy Dooley, Nathan Ellis, Peter Hatzogoglu, or however you pronounce that bloody name, Caleb Jewell, Ben McDermott, Riley Meredith, Mitch Owen, Billy Stanlake, Matthew Wade, Mac Wright, Chris Jordan, Sam Hayne, Corey Anderson, Liam Guthrie, Nikhail Chowdhury, and Sam Haslett. Interesting, uh, eclectic bunch of cricketers there, given the uh, Hurricanes' recent uh, form. Now, they have no test players in this squad, so they pretty much should have this squad all the way through. I don't know how long the English players are staying for, uh, but they certainly have uh, no problems with losing any, not having any players in their squad who are playing tests for Australia. They've got Paddy Dooley and Peter Hatzoglu, Hatsoglu, Hatsoglu, I don't know, whatever, laugh at me if you will, both what they like to call mystery spinners um, in this team, so those two will be the ones who will be trying to hold up the middle order, it's interesting that uh, Hatsoglu obviously played for, I think it was the Renegades to start with, and then he went over and played for the Scorchers and now he's now at the Hurricanes, so I wonder if he's chasing money or whether teams don't need him because he seems like he's pretty uh, effective. They will complement the pace attack of Riley Meredith, Nathan Ellis, and Billy Stanlake, hopefully returning from injury for the first time in a long time. Uh, they've signed Sam Heslitt to come in and to help McDermott and Tim David and Matthew Wade and, and Caleb Jewell with the batting. Chris Jordan is probably the best buy out there. I think he's fantastic. Um and he will be very handy for the Hurricanes. And Corey Anderson, the forgotten man of world cricket, who at one stage held the record for the fastest century in t 20 cricket or one-day cricket. One or the other. I can't remember which it was. But the New Zealander getting another crack, so he could be a really interesting buy. Now, if the Hurricanes fire with this lineup, as per usual, they are going to be near the top of the ladder. The problem in recent Years has been that they've started well and then they've just sort of faded away. Uh, So they'll be looking this year to not do that and hope that, uh, especially their batting with McDermott and David and Wade and Jewell, those guys are going to be very important if they're going to set totals that their bowlers can bowl to and then just let their pace bowlers loose and let them fly and then bring on the spinners in the middle. So uh, I think the Hurricanes will be up there this year. Uh, So that's the kiss of death on them. The Melbourne Renegades. Well, here's another team that we can all talk about because uh, they're uh, one of the teams that I like to uh, pay out on a fair bit. <laughs> uh, so they've got Nick Maddinson, Aaron Finch, Jake Fraser-McGurk, Mackenzie Harvey, Nathan Lyon, Sean Marsh, Richard, uh, Kane Richardson, Tom Rogers, Peter Siddle, John Wells, Will Sutherland, Adam Zampa, Quinton DeCock, Mujib Rahman, Joe Clark, and Harry Dixon, so that's also a very interesting team. They have beefed up considerably this season in the hope of breaking their shocking run over the past few years. However, it is a very old team. Uh Finch, Sean Marsh, Madison, Siddle, Kane, Richardson, John O' Wells. Even now, like they're all into their well into their thirties. Um. And they will all need to provide their best if they're going to be able to win games. Um, Mujib, again, is going to be a handy pickup for them. He always does well out here in Australia. Quinton de Kock, I don't know how long he's staying here for or if he's even arriving here. But if he plays long enough, he's going to be very handy for the team as well. And be just as good um, because he's got... Joe Clark in here now, who was great at the Stars, and the Renegades have managed to pinch him. Now, I don't know how long Joe Clark's staying for either, but the point is that both of those players are going to be great at the top of the order. Then you've got Adam Zamper and Will Sutherland, who probably, for me, are the keys to this team uh, as to how well they go. Zamper, of course, has come across from the other, other side, from the Stars. Um it would be interesting. I I, I would hope that Will Sutherland backs himself this year with both the bat and the ball and gives himself a chance up the order to to bat in the top six and throw the bat and also to be able to attack with the ball um, because he's one of those guys who is on the threshold of uh, Australian selection if he does it all right. Then you've got Peter Siddle, who is the oldest man in existence, uh, who has done a great job at the Strikers the last few years and now turns up at the Renegades to hopefully or well, they'll be hoping for to do the same job. So are they a chance of making the finals with this team? I can't wait to find out. Yeah. Smash the middle stump out of the ground. Mitch Johnson on fire. All right, so we move on to the Melbourne Stars who Uh, promoting for their team this year, Scott Boland, Joe Burns, Hilton Cartwright, Brody Couch, Nathan coulton Nile, Sam Harper, Nick Larkin, Glenn Maxwell, Joel Paris, Tom Rogers, Mark Steckety, Marcus Stoinis, Bo Webster, uh, Harris Ralph, Usama Mir, Liam Dawson, and Imad Wasim. Now, the Stars were supposed to have Harry Brook playing for them, but he has now pulled out through... Uh, fatigue I believe and he wishes to be ready for the Test Series in India in January so uh, once again the time of year is not working for the Big Bash but then again hard cheese eh so Sam Harper comes into this team from the Hurricanes where he's played most of his cricket Uh, they lose Joe Clark who goes over to the Renegades instead so there's not really much change in the Stars squad They'll be relying once again on Glenn Maxwell and Marcus Stornis to provide runs and wickets with every match, I suggest. Uh, how much Harris-Ralph plays is interesting. He should be in the Pakistan Test Squad, which is what they want him to do, but he said, no, I'm not playing Test cricket. So they wouldn't give him a uh, an, a no thing in what's a certificate to say that he could actually play the start of the series, so we don't really know if and when he's coming into this Stars team and for how long he's actually going to play. It looks like, once again, uh, you're going to have guys like Nick Larkin, Hilton Cartwright and Bo Webster who are going to be loaded up with expectations in providing for this team. And probably the last two years, at least, they've all done above expectations and yet, um, I think, that they've been seen to not have provided enough when required, which I think is pretty unfair. I mean, they are the middle sort of category player that all the teams need, uh, and you need the stars who are in the team to actually do the heavy lifting for the team. So uh, Nick Larkin has been the mainstay for the team and scored more runs than just about anybody else over the last two or three years. So we'll see how they go. Um, Look, honestly... You wouldn't back against Glenn Maxwell at the moment, carrying this team to a title. But it does look really difficult with the squad he's got uh, if he's not scoring runs every game and somehow uh, taking wickets and and tying down the middle order with his bowling. So a lot of pressure on him and and Stoinis to really lead this team. Uh, They'll be hoping that Sam Harper can score some good runs. Um, I think it's going to be tough. They finished last last year. Um, so to go from last into the finals is going to be a tough gig. Then we can look at the uh, the two-time defending champions, the Perth Scorchers. Uh, and their squad rarely changes, and it hasn't again, really. Uh, Ashton Agar, Jason Berendorf, Cooper Connolly, Aaron Hardy, Nick Hobson, Josh Inglis, Matthew Kelly, Mitch Marsh, Hamish McKenzie, Lance Morris, Jai Richardson, Ashton Turner, Andrew Tai, Sam Whiteman, and then the two Englishmen, Zach Crawley and Laurie Evans, for some unspecified amount of time. Now, the big thing for the Scorchers again this year, even though they didn't have him last year, was Mitch Marsh. He'll be out likely in the test team for the whole series. Uh, And Lance Morris, who's also been named to the team, he may also be uh, unavailable for most of the cricket because he'll be playing in the test side, which makes it difficult for the uh, Scorchers again. However, they are the two-time defending champions. They are always laden with Western Australian talent. They've lost Ken Bancroft, who's moved to the Thunder, and that may well prove troubling uh, after his good season last year. And yes, how long those English imports are actually around is going to be uh, also interesting. Uh, Crawley will likely be in the test squad to go to India in January, so he certainly won't be there for the end, and he's currently in the West Indies, so... Uh, is he going to play at all? Who knows. Can the Scorchers go three straight? Well, it's a difficult task, and it's been shown to be a difficult task in the past. Uh, they will most likely make the top four. I think they've only missed the top four once in 13 years or something like that. So um, that just shows how confident they are and, and how tight-knit they are. And of course, once you make the top four, you have every chance of winning. To me, I think you probably look at someone like Aaron Hardy. has got a point to prove this year. He's uh, made his debut for Australia in T20s now. Uh, he's looking to push himself uh, for national selection at all three levels of the game. Um, and the Western Australian, sorry, the Scorchers uh, bowling is always good, and it's more or less the batting that might be under strength once again, and that can prove to be a problem, but they seem to be able to bowl teams out uh, for whatever they make. So, once again, the Scorchers will be there or thereabouts, but it will be dependent upon uh, a couple of their top players being available and how well uh, their middle order players go in in being able to win games that they might not necessarily do with with the main players out. Oh, just reach out and catch it, Jeffrey. What a magnificent hit. That loses with the two Sydney teams. So let's start with the Sixers. And, uh, again, they're pretty solid. Uh, Sean Abbott, Jackson Bird, Joel Davies, Ben Dwarshis, Jack Edwards, Moses Henriques, Daniel Hughes, Hayden Kerr, Todd Murphy, Steve O'Keefe, Curtis Patterson, Josh Phillippe, Jordan Silk, Tom Curran, James Vince, Steve Smith, and Haq Navid. So, the Sixers finished second last year and then missed out on the final, losing to the Heat. Uh, they've had a pretty good run in recent years. Of course, they won the uh, the before the Scorchers won their two titles. The Sixers won the two titles before that, and they still retain most of the squad that were in those successful seasons, but. They are on the ageing side now and you look at players like Henriques, Hughes, Silk, O'Keefe, Abbott, Bird and Patterson, they're all on the wrong side of 30 and uh, at some stage they're going to be winding down perhaps. it would be interesting to see how James Vince and Tom Curran go, they're both franchise favourites. Tom Curran has missed the last couple of seasons due to COVID and other things and not coming over. Uh, James Vince has been here, but he's also sort of ducked off last year to go to South Africa, which I believe both of them are once again going to do in, uh, before the final series begin, which is proving to be a problem for the BBL itself, that players are coming out, but they're only committing themselves until the South African uh, money comes aboard. So they'll be hoping that uh, both those players can provide something before they move on. And it'll be interesting to see if they actually pull in any uh, further imports to cover them once they're gone. Joel Davies, the younger brother of Ollie Davies, is in this squad, uh, of course, and he's an Australian under-19 rep. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, Todd Murphy has now been given space with uh, Nathan Lyon leaving to go down to his Melbourne franchise. So you'd expect that he will probably play uh, a more significant role than he had last year. And I think that's a terrific thing, not only for his own development, but for the the team itself. No much doubt that the Sixers are still a top four side if they can click. And that will depend very much on the performance of both Vince and Curran to uh, help to complement the players that Sydney already have in Henriques, Hughes, Silk, Abbott. Um, But realistically, still a top four side unless they fall over. Then we can look at the Thunder. So they uh, have moved back into contention last year. They played finals last year. And their squad again is pretty similar to what it has been in recent years. So you look at this team, apart from the introduction of Cameron Bancroft. Then we have Ollie Davies, Matt Jilks, Chris Green, Liam Hatcher, Nathan McAndrew, Blake Nikotaris, Alex Ross, Daniel Sams, Gorinda Sandu. Jason Sanger, Tanvir Sanger, David Warner, Alex Hales, and Zaman Khan. So it's a pretty similar-looking lineup for the Thunder as it has been in recent years. Uh, Bancroft is an excellent buy, but they could see him missing in January if he gets picked in the test team once David Warner retires. Of course, then they might get David Warner back at end. so uh, that didn't help much last year when he came back. He didn't score many runs. So that might be a, a, a switch there uh, straight up between Bancroft and Warner for the Thunder this year. Look at the other players who are in this team, like uh, Gorinda Sandhu, who's always provided good all-round support for everyone. Daniel Sams has always been uh, one of the number one players in this team. And Alex Hales has also been a proven performer uh, in the Big Bash, especially, but also for the Thunder indeed. Uh, it'd be interesting to see Ollie Davies and Nathan McAndrew, look like they're ready to take the next step, be the game breakers for this team, and to lead the squad, Ollie, especially with the bat, and McAndrew obviously with the ball. But McAndrew is also a very handy bat and has shown in shield cricket in the last couple of years that he can hit the ball very hard. So they're both guys who they'll, the Thunder will be hoping will really stand up this year and take control. And Tanvi Sanger is the other one who you'd be looking at He's made his Australia debut in one day and T20 cricket over the last six months and has been doing well in India and they really need him to, and certainly he will want to, make a big impression this year, uh, having missed last year because of injury. Do the Thunder have enough runs in their squad is perhaps the biggest question and that will depend very heavily on Hales and then Bancroft and Warner at the top of the order. If they do, then they can once again threaten for finals. And if they fall over, then they may well be in a situation where they might get rolled for 15 once again, just like last year. Man out at long on, but he needs to be 25 seats back. So we come down to uh, where I make my picks, I guess. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how we go. I think that uh, running eighth this year will be the Heat. Now, I know they played the final last year, and I'm sure that uh, all the Brisbane supporters will be saying, I don't know what I'm talking about. I just can't see on paper how they can continue to win games that they don't look like they should, which is what they've done the last two years, to be honest. Uh, To me, on, on paper, they just don't have it. Much will depend on Michael Nisa if he is fit to play all of the season. I think he's the, the player that they're leaning on most, uh, and he's the one I'd be looking out for. If you're looking for uh, for the, the super coach teams, for the Brisbane Heat, he's the one that I'd be picking out of all of that. So the Heat to finish eighth. I'm going to pick the Strikers to finish seventh, and I think, as I said earlier, I, I do this every year, and they tend to write me off and and end up making semi-finals and stuff. They struggled last year and finished seventh. I don't think they can improve much on last year with the squad they have. I'm going to pick out Ben Menenti as the player to watch from this. He's shown in shield cricket the last two years that he hits a very hard ball and he's already shown when he played for the Sixers and then down there for, I think it was the Hurricanes he played for last year, that he's still able to Halt momentum in the middle overs with his off-spin bowling. So I think that that will be his role this year at the Strikers. I wouldn't be surprised to see him batting at about number seven or even number six if they need quick runs, and then bowling his four overs there at the top of the order to try and slow everyone down. But I still think the Strikers are going to finish seventh. I'm picking the Thunder to finish sixth. Now, I know they finished fourth last year, uh, but... Again, on paper, with the squad that they have, they're relying on a lot of guys doing more than they probably have in recent years. And there's no out and out stars in that team uh, that they can rely on. Apart, you know, Alex Hales is the only one there who everyone would say, oh, he's an out and out T20 star. Obviously, Bancroft slash Warner will provide a lot up there, but they're relying on a lot of. good state cricketers to come through and do the job here. Now, if they do, they will finish in the top four, but I fear that in this year's competition that they probably won't and they will finish sixth. Out of all that, I'm picking Tanvir Sanger as the one to watch. Uh, he will bowl his four hours every game, and he will be very dangerous if he gets the right conditions. The stars, I am going to consider to pick finish fifth, Now, of course, they finished dead last last year by a couple of games, and they haven't really changed their squad that much. So why do I pick them to come fifth in front of those other three teams? Pretty much one name, uh, Glenn Maxwell. (laughs) I think he's done too much in the last three months not to continue to do that in the Big Bash and take on some of the lesser bowling that he will face and absolutely destroy it. And you know what, from a spectator's point of view, I really hope he does because that sounds terrific to me. Uh, I think there's enough there from Sam Harper, uh, Hilton Cartwright, who I still think is a very good all-rounder, and so is Bo Webster. There's enough there for them to do the right thing, and if harris Ralph plays, then he's also going to be very handy with the ball. So I'm picking the Stars to finish fifth, uh, the player to watch there... Is without a doubt Glenn Maxwell. Uh, he's the one who needs to carry that team as far as they can go. Finishing fourth, I've picked the Sixers. Now, it would be fair enough for you to say that I've done this with my heart rather than my head. Uh, they are an ageing team. They finished second last year, and people forget that. And the teams that finished first last year and second, like the Scorchers were on 22.6s on 21. And the Renegades were next on 14. So both those top two teams decimated the opposition last year. So there's no reason the Sixers can't do it again. Uh, And they've got Tom Curran coming back, which is good for the team. Uh, If all of those guys fire, they are going to continue to win games. Obviously, Steve Smith is available if there's any time to play. And I believe he might be going to play the first game. Uh, but beyond that, in the test team, it's likely that he won't be making an appearance and do what he did last year, which has hit two centuries in a row, which I was able to be at the SCG for one of those, which is fantastic. I think they've got enough there to, to get into fourth spot, and then who knows what can happen. The guy to watch, I still think, this summer for the Sixers is Todd Murphy. He also has had a terrific 12 months, made his test debut for Australia. He looks like he's got a really good head on his shoulders, he's got a nice flight with the ball, and he just seems like a guy who knows where to bowl in either a test match to get wickets, or in a T20 to stop runs and then also pick up the odd wickets, so he's the one to keep an eye on this year for the Sixers, I think he's going to be great. In third spot, I'm going to pick the Renegades, and I know there's a few people out there who will laugh at me for that, um, in surprise that I actually picked them to finish third, let alone uh, picking them to win anything. They managed to finish third last year, and with the side they've got, I don't think there's much doubt that they can do it again. Now, again, a really difficult thing when they've got a missing generation in the middle, really, where they've got all the old guys, and then they've got a lot of young guys, including a guy called Harry Dixon, who is only 18, played for the Australian Under-19 team this year and made a century uh, against England this year. So if he gets a chance to have a bat, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. I don't know how much Quinton DeCock's going to be around, Joe Clark's going to be around, but they're both very good T20 players. Mujib Shane is a terrific T20 player. We know how well Sean Marsh hits the ball and can do that and how Nick Maddinson plays at level and Aaron Finch plays at that level. And Nathan Lyon is a really big buy for them. He's going to be playing the whole, well, the, the first two games, I think. He mightn't get a game after that, but his experience is going to be handy. And Peter Siddle's experience uh, is like like gold, I think, for the Renegades this year. He'll be able to come in and direct things that weren't being done as well last year. So, yes, I think they're a third-place team this year, the Renegades. That's if they can make sure that they can keep everybody fit and on the paddock and not in the old folks' home. I picked the Scorchers to come second. Uh, a number of reasons. I mean, they've got the same side, less Bancroft. Uh, They won't have Mitch Marsh. They won't have Lance Morris. I don't know how long their Englishmen are hanging around. Uh, So they will win pretty much all their games in Perth because that's what they do. And on the road, they're still good enough to do that. Berendorf has been very good for Australia in T20s recently in India. Jai Richardson's on the comeback trail and looks terrific again. Uh, You've got guys like Ashton Turner who just know how to play the game Andrew Ty, Sam Whiteman, who is a veteran and and still hits the ball enormously hard. Josh Inglis, who will probably play most of the summer uninterrupted, which is very handy for the Scorchers. Ashton Agar. Uh, look, that's just a a a stacked team. And they know how to win games and they know how to win tournaments. Uh I haven't picked them to come first for the main reason is that it's very difficult to win three in a row. So I'm assuming that perhaps that might come into play. So probably put your money on them now that I've said that. Uh, it'd be well worth it. Uh, but I think that they will probably just fall short. And I'm picking the Hurricanes to win it. I think I've done this before a couple of years ago and I regretted it after about the first three games. There's a big chance I will again because I'm taking a punt on a team that I think have enough players there to do the job. Like I said, no test players that they have to worry about Paddy Dooley was great last year. They've got Hatzoglu, who's proven to be very good for the Scorchers last year again. Their pace attack is, is uh, it knows T20 cricket. Nathan Ellis, Riley Meredith, both terrific at the T20 level. Billy Stanlake is going to be fast and coming back at you again. And then the batters, Matthew Wade, current T20 captain for Australia. Ben McDermott, uh, Tim David, like all T20 players for Australia. Uh, Caleb Jewell's always been good. And then the key being Chris Jordan, and he's my player to watch for the Hurricanes this year. Great signing. If he stays the whole summer, I don't know if he is or not, that is a massive bonus for the Hurricanes. And Corey Anderson, we just don't know what he could do, but if he comes good like he did, like he was three, four years ago, he's a great buy. Sam Haslett is the other one who comes into this team. Sooner or later he's gonna find what Greg Chappell saw in him all those years ago, and he's gonna come good. So I'm picking the Hurricanes to win the tournament this year, BBL fourteen. It's out of ball. it's gone, what an effort, what a stroke! It's Michael Kevin's evening at the Sydney Cricket Grounds. Alrighty, that's enough for me. Uh Thank you to everyone who's made it this far, and I hope you've gotten something from this preview. Like I said, I was supposed to have an offsider here, but I'm looking at an empty chair. So uh, hopefully, my thoughts are, have been enough for you, rather than having his obviously much more intellectual thoughts come into it. Let's all enjoy the big bash as much as we can before the Test series starts and the Test cricket finally comes to Australia and takes over completely and uh, then we'll just make the big bash our secondary event.